You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination. San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over six seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. And now this is our fourth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, well, it is Friday. You are almost to the weekend. You can do it. Welcome into the show. A special thank you to everyone who is checking out the show for the first time. If that is the case, you picked a very, very good episode because on today's show, we have a very special guest for segments two and three today. We're going to be sitting down with Senior Bowl Executive Director Jim Nagy, one of the you know guys who sees the most prospects every year, actually watches a ton of tape and things like that too to decide who's going to be at the Senior Bowl and represent them that year. And the Chargers signed five players and drafted five players that were at the Senior Bowl this year. So in the second segment, we'll be talking about Josh Palmer and Trey McKitty and them raising their draft stock at the Senior Bowl. And to wrap up the show, we'll get into the other guys, Brendan Hymas, Larry Roundtree, Mark Webb, who we had very high praise for. So you guys are not going to want to miss that. He was absolutely perfect for what we were looking for. A breakdown on five of the Chargers and nine draft picks and talk a little bit of Justin Herbert, the former Senior Bowl MVP as well. But we have more to get into besides just that because Tom Telesco also did a live Q&A on Instagram, something we've never seen before, with Matt Money-Smith, the play-by-play man for the Chargers on game day, kind of moderating things. Of course, everyone wanted to talk about Julio Jones, but there was a lot of interesting things he had to say about Phillip Rivers, Melvin Ingram, Mark Webb, and much more. So let's go ahead and get into it. Chargers General Manager Tom Telesco did a live Q&A on Instagram for the first time ever, at least as far as my knowledge goes. You almost never get to ask you know, Tom Telesco directly any kind of questions, and you weren't this time because Matt Money Smith was the one moderating it and asking the questions and the one taking the heat when he wouldn't keep consistently asking if the Chargers were going to trade for Julio Jones because Tom Telesco made it clear very, very early on that that was not going to happen as far as him commenting on another player under contract with another with another team. That's actually just not allowed, so... I want to start on a positive note here, David. I mean, it's all pretty positive, but one thing that was asked through the Instagram comments, and I thought some really good questions were asked, was, is Philip Rivers going to sign a one-day contract? We heard that it was going to happen. It hadn't happened yet, and Tom Telesco said, it's not if, but when. It is going to happen, but he's been a little busy, you know, coaching high school football. Yeah, I mean, this was something we definitely wanted to know about because it seemed like the last time Tom Telesco talked about it, it was something that was going to take place like soon after the league year started. Right. That just didn't happen. It just didn't materialize like that. And yes, Philip Rivers is now a head football coach at a high school, so he is a little bit busy. But I mean, they can make this happen whenever they want. Let's be honest. I mean, they got to fly him in, do the whole press conference. It's, send out this the all PJ. takes a matter of hours. <laughs> send, out, send out the private jet. Yeah, exactly. I mean... Tell Dean to send out the jet, go pick him up, and get this thing done. I mean, I don't really understand. He did say, uh, I mean, it's probably going to be sooner rather than later, but this is something that's long overdue. I think it should have happened immediately. He rightfully deserves to retire as a Charger. 
Absolutely. And we all know the one day contract part of it is, you know, just about semantics anyways. I mean, it's just sentimental at that point. But, you know, when someone spends as long as they did and are still the best quarterback in franchise history. Sorry, Justin Herbert, you're going to have to do a little bit more. It's the obvious <laughs> choice, right? And we've seen it with players like Antonio Gates. I mean, well, Antonio Gates stayed on the church. We've seen it with players like LT and things like that. So one of the other things he got into was another former Charger potentially rejoining the team, and that is Melvin Ingram. And when he was asked about it, I mean, I was kind of surprised he was as open about it as he was because what he said is, we haven't discussed that internally in a long time. I wish Mm -hmm. them the best. He'll find the right place. Those aren't the words of someone who's thinking about bringing someone back, especially, you know, an accomplished first-round pick by the team who I think he said was fourth in team history as far as sacks go. Melvin Ingram back to the Chargers, David. I know that's a a thing that's been floating around on social media, but not going to happen. Yeah, I think like The Undertaker, we can go ahead and rest this one in peace. Uh, Unfortunately, Melvin Ingram, I mean, I think it was just time, too. I mean, Chanon Wosu was uh, waiting in the wings patiently, probably impatiently, to get his opportunity. And Melvin Ingram, for good reason, was the guy ahead of him on the depth chart. I mean, he gave a lot to this team, a lot to this organization. Tom Telesco did say that he was one of his favorite guys, just his big, larger-than-life personality. I mean, you know his exploits as a, as a rapper. I mean, he's always just been that super loud voice and a great leader and, yes, a phenomenal charger. And we will definitely miss Melvin Ingram, but I think this uh, emphatically puts to bed any hope of a return for Melvin Ingram and the Chargers. Yeah, which we all kind of figured was the case already, but, I mean, this really puts it to bed when you're hearing it out of the horse's mouth, right? So Melvin Ingram not coming back to the Chargers, but... Tom Telesco was also asked about some of the draft picks he did, David, as you were telling me and talking to me about before. They say that they had 18 first-round picks on their board that they thought were worthy of a first-round pick. And another interesting thing that they said was that all of their day three picks, they had grades on them as if they were going to be starters down the road. They also said they actually don't even keep any sixth or seventh-round boards because they're able to get everyone with fifth-grade fifth round grades or better but that is something that's surprising when you're thinking about those guys later on in the roster all becoming future starters down the road yeah I mean that is fantastic I mean as far as if that happens I mean I think I like a lot of the value they got in later rounds I mean Brendan Hymas sticks out really uh, as a guy I think that can really bring some tremendous value with his ability to stay healthy that he displayed at Nebraska I mean that's a great trait for an offensive lineman the Chargers definitely need that a quality depth piece that could potentially turn into a starter and then he had a lot of high praise from Mark Webb I mean he said that he was a very versatile player a guy they could see at outside corner a guy they could see at nickel safety he said he has a chance to earn some playing time. And I mean, for a seventh round pick where he even admitted that they're not really guaranteed to make the team, it seems like Mark Webb is definitely going to make this team. Yeah, the outside corner part of it was definitely interesting because right now, you know, he's one of the very few safeties that are on the roster. That is a guy that, you know, they've actually talked about playing safety. But yeah, I mean, him talking about him earning a role this year, he said very instinctive tackles well he's a guy that really has a chance to earn some playing time and earn a role if he's able to pick up the defense and I think he will so I know those are things that Brandon Staley you know really covets as far as his safeties he also said that he likes his coverage ability which is something that Staley really wants out of his safeties that his coverage was fine but the arguments there I mean well coached played on a defense where he wore a lot of hats and also played against some very tough competition 
All of those things are unequivocally true. How it translates, how he picks up Brandon Staley's offense, those are the things that we don't really know at this point. But Tom Telesco really shined some light on some things that we were wondering about. I thought the people asked some pretty good questions. David, anything else you want to touch on here about Tom Telesco and his live Q&A? Yeah, the only thing I thought I wanted to throw in here that was kind of funny is that somebody asked, uh, Matt Money asked him about uh, trying Justin Herbert's brisket, and he basically said absolutely not. He is a real health guy, and he said uh, if it was a nice pasta or some kind of Italian dish, he was all over it, but he is not a brisket guy. Yeah, Matt Money Smith told him to his face that people are going to hate him for saying that, and they will. I mean, you got to try at least take a sample of Justin Herbert's brisket. Tom Telesco, what are you doing? I mean, for the people, at least have a taste before, you know, don't knock it until you try it. He also said he doesn't put any ranch or blue cheese on his buffalo wings, but in Buffalo, you can't order ranch at a bar or else you'll get kicked out. So, I guess I'm not going to Buffalo. (laughs) A lot of life lessons from Tom Telesco, but. Obviously, some things on there that he wouldn't talk about, too. He did not confirm that Justin Herbert will wear a visor either, but I thought it was a good little insight. I thought he had more fun with it than I thought he would, but this is only, you know, the third best part of this podcast because we have two more segments to get into, and we're going to be joined by Senior Bowl Director Jim Nagy, who got to see five Chargers draft picks up close and personal and help them boost their draft spot, their draft stock, so we're going to talk about Josh Palmer and Trey McKitty with Jim Nagy coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is BetOnline.ag. Some new odds are out, guys, and right now you guys can go bet on the comeback player of the year. Derwin James has some pretty good odds there. I wouldn't bet against Dak Prescott, but we all know what Derwin James can do when he's healthy. And I think he's like 48-1 to or something like that. Both Derwin James and Joey Bosa... Have odds for the defensive player of the year. That could be something that you could get into or a bunch of other really good NFL future bets. If you don't want to bet on that, we have MLB going on right now. And there's also the NHL and NBA playoffs, which have just been an absolute racket so far. I mean, those games have been absolutely crazy and they're even crazier when you have some action on the game. But right now we can even give you guys some free money to bet with. If you head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on. That's promo code locked on, all caps, one word at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. What's up, guys? Well, we've been teasing this all week for you, and we have our very, very special guest on here with us. We have Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl, the premier offseason event for any NFL draft hopeful, especially, you know, those guys that are trying to raise their stock. This is the perfect place to do it. At the Senior Bowl, obviously, I went for the first time this year down in Mobile, Alabama. I got my first little taste of it during a COVID year, but super exciting still and super excited to have you on, Jim. Thanks for joining the show, man. Yeah, Daniel, I appreciate it. This is uh, it's going to be fun. Let's talk some Chargers. Yes, we will talk some Chargers. But first, I just want to talk about just the growth of the Senior Bowl, because, I mean, this year you have guys like Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Devontae Smith, all these guys accepting invites to the Senior Bowl. It just seems like. The names get bigger and bigger every year. The incentive to go gets bigger every year. I mean, over 100 players drafted this year. 41% of the draft was at Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. So can you just kind of enlighten us to how it has gotten to the kind of premier event of the offseason where if you're a draft prospect, there's one place you want to go during the offseason, and that's the Senior Bowl to hopefully you know raise your draft stock. Yeah, I mean, it's been a great game for a long time. We've got 
50 some hall of famers to prove that. But uh, all we've tried to do in my three years here is utilize social media more. Um, and I feel like that's gotten us, uh, gotten us a lot of traction. I think from a fan's perspective, um, you know, we didn't do it this past fall, but the first couple of years we we're having all our scouts at games in the fall and, and taking the videos from field level um, as they're going through drills, just to give, you know, give fans a, a sideline view, really an up close view, get that body type picture, seeing them move around a little bit. Um, but really the, the goal was to pull the curtain back on who we're interested in. I think there was a lot of mystery behind like how the rosters were built and who got yeah. invites. And I just want to, you know, let's pull it back and let everyone see from the start um, where, where we're starting off at. And again, really it's, it's a great recruiting tool as well. Uh, just because so many players live on their phones nowadays, you know, you, you got, you got to adapt. I've got a 16 year old son and I know how much he's on his. So um, no, it's been a lot of fun. So like, you know, three years ago, a good month for us at the senior bowl, we'd have like a million hits, a uh, million impressions on, on our senior bowl page and uh, senior bowl Twitter. And this year we had 77 million just in the month of Ooh. January. So we went, okay. uh, we thought we were doing well in 2020 and we had 27 million that month of senior bowl month of January, 2020 went to 77 million this year. So We've already per, per, uh, we've already surpassed all of 2020 um, on May 1st of this year. Um, so just wow. just put it that way. I think that's really helped. I really think social media is a big part of of the world right now, and uh, we've tried to tap into that. And uh, it has it, it's helped us bring in in better rosters. And I think the players have bought in, and I think the agents have bought in. We've really tried to help the agents on the front end as well. Um, doing all our own work is really important because right now. I'm taking a lot of phone calls on a daily basis about next year's guys. Um, it's become an incredibly um, uh, expensive investment in players right now to get them trained for, for the draft process. And if sure. we get them on the front end to maybe steer them towards players that will be inviting here to the senior bowl and, and guys that'll be good, you know, good players in the future and good NFL players. Um, it certainly helps them. So on the back end, hopefully, they have uh, reciprocated and they are uh, encouraging all their guys to come to Mobile, which has been great. Yeah, weaponizing social media has been huge for us. and uh, We know that it's been extremely impactful for you guys as well. I mean, the Senior Bowl is absolutely everywhere and social media is a big part to play in that. Last year, Star Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert was the MVP of the Senior Bowl week and the game itself. Did you have any idea watching him there that he was about to take the NFL game and the NFL landscape by storm? Uh, I've got his jersey hanging above me. You can't really see it here, but his jersey's up above uh, my my bookcase. I actually did, um, and I'm not trying to say that you know to sound like I, you know, I'm like this expert guru and I get them all right all the time because that's certainly not you were saying some of that stuff last year though. Just going through your Twitter and stuff, just saying you know he was being a little bit overlooked. Uh, I mean, last year after the Senior Bowl. Yeah, I, I really feel like Justin was the most misevaluated player that's come out in the draft in a long, long time, both as a person and as a player. I, I don't know how people watched that Oregon tape and, and didn't come to this, you know, some conclusions they probably should have. Um, and I'll just put it this way, kind of blanket. It, quarterback's a really dependent position. And what he was working with at Oregon, it wasn't the same as what some of these guys are working with at Ohio State and Clemson and Alabama and LSU. Um, he didn't have a skill player that's going to play at the next level. Um, his offensive line had Penny Sewell um, and they had, you know, Hanson went in the fifth or six, sixth round and um, Lemieux went in the fifth round. But if you would have listened to the 
college football media through that season, they hyped that offensive lineup like it was the best offensive line in college football. I mean, and those guys are okay players. You know, they're, they're, three of them got drafted, um, but it wasn't LSU's line. It wasn't, it wasn't Alabama's line. It wasn't Ohio State's line. Um, so Justin was doing a lot by himself, and I, I don't think that offense was a great fit for him. Uh, he's so talented, though, so it, it, it didn't surprise me. Um, you know, it really did, and I'm just happy for Justin because – Again, he got he had a lot of personal knocks as well that he was just this introvert yeah. and he couldn't connect with people. Crazy. And I think that was a big benefit for the Chargers, just talking to Tom Telesco and those guys, seeing him down here and how he interacted with all the guys. And I think the perfect snippet that I, I put it out after the game. I mean, there was a shot on the NFL network after the game of all the guys going up to Justin after the game. And that's, you know black, white, big, small, Polynesian, they didn't matter. Like they were all coming up seeking him out after the game. So he obviously did something in the, uh, you know, six days in Mobile to hear himself to his teammates. So again, I thought just, you know, I think people really miscast Justin Herbert, both as a, as a person, as a player in that draft cycle. Yeah. I mean, you were a scout for a lot of years. I think 17 years is what it said. You were a scout. So you've seen all the different kinds of evaluations and guys that have been missed on and overhyped to some extent, but I want to stick on something there just with the offense that Justin Herbert was running. I think that's another big part of the senior bowl is for a guy like Josh Palmer, for example, right. Did not have the best quarterback play when he was at Tennessee. Then you start seeing him in these one-on-ones at the 2021 senior bowl. And he's absolutely torching dudes, right? I mean, one of the most impressive, physically imposing players during those senior bowl one-on-one. So how much do you think, you know, guys like that, you know, getting passes from Mac Jones and Kellen Mond, you know, really helped Josh Palmer kind of showcase his skill set and maybe draft, you know, raise his draft stock a little bit. Yeah. I think Josh really benefited. And again, he's one of my favorite guys as as a, as a person, Um, Josh, you'll get to know him um, covering the chargers. He is just a, an A plus dude. And so is his dad. I got to know his dad pretty well through this process. Um, actually had about an hour, hour and a half phone call with the Palmers um, probably sometime in December when Josh was trying, Josh was, Josh was struggling with going back to school maybe Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> because he felt like production was a big deal. And I had to assure him like Josh production from the NFL's perspective, like, yeah, there's probably some people in the media that are picking you apart for, for how many catches you've had. Sure. Uh, but the NFL's not like they get it. They understand why certain receivers, there are certain guys that are just products of the system at the college level, or they have great quarterback play. So I'm like, Josh, you've done plenty. You've put enough on tape. You're fine. You're going to come down here to mobile. You're going to, you know, go against the best corners to the draft and beat them and have good quarterbacks thrown to you. Um, so he, he is, I mean, it, he had a great week, and I think the more time you spend around Josh and the more he's around that football team, um, one, I think he's going to be a really good player, but he's going to be an awesome guy in that community, uh, just a really mature, level-headed. Um, I, you know, he's, I said it about Terry McLaurin two years ago. Like, I think Terry could run a Fortune 500 company someday when he's done playing. That's how impressive Terry is. Um, and Josh is, Josh is right up there, man. He is, he is, he is an A-plus guy. That's some really high praise, and I know that's something that Charger fans definitely love to hear. Another guy that really helped his draft stock at the Senior Bowl was tight end Trey McKitty. A lot of Charger fans and a lot of just media members were really surprised when he was selected in the third round. And you said that he's a guy that could be an immediate contributor for the Chargers. Why did you think about that? Why did you say that? And what did you think about him during the Senior Bowl? 
Well, he was our top-rated tight end the entire season going back to last summer, so there's no surprise. Um, again, he had, what do you have, like 11 catches this year? Transfer? Six. <laughs> Six. How many Six was catch. it? Six catches. Six catches. I mean, yeah. It, yeah, so you look at paper, the pick doesn't make sense, but if right. you watch tape and you see the athlete and you see the body, um, down here you saw the hands. I mean, the dude's got like 11 and a half inch hands, so it doesn't take much for him to pluck the ball. <laughs> And I remember after the first day of practice talking to uh, Scott Fitter, the, the Panthers GM, after the first practice, you know, like, hey, Scott, who stood out? And he was like, did you see the Georgia tight end? Um, so, no, there's a lot more to Trey McKitty than, than what the paper shows. And uh, I thought that was a really good pick. Um, I actually texted Justin after that third round, after they took Josh and Trey, and I'm like, man, you just got two really good weapons. And uh, he said that a couple of his teammates on the Chargers had already hit him up, guys that had played with those guys or something in college. He's like, yeah, I've already been – guys are already hitting me up about those two guys. But, no, Trey's a really good athlete. He's good at the top of a route. He can drop his weight. Um, he's quick in and out of stuff. Uh, he's powerful. He's got big hands. So, to me, he's going to be one of those guys that's going to be a better pro than he was a college player. I could absolutely see that. And people forget, you know, when he was at Florida State, he was, you know, one of the main pieces of that offense and did get to play with Gabe Neighbors and Derwin James, who are on the Chargers now. So there's definitely some connections there also now. Asante Samuel, Asante Samuel Jr. So definitely some Florida State connections. But we do have three more Chargers we have to talk about here because Larry Roundtree, Brendan Hymas were also part of the Senior Bowl this year. So we're going to get into that on the other side of the break with Jim Nagy coming up right after this. All right, guys. Well, before we get back to Jim Nagy and talk about guys like Brendan Hymas and Larry Roundtree, I also need to tell you guys that this episode is brought to you by the best protein bar in the world. And of course, I'm talking about Built Bar. And Built Bars are great for you. When you look at the Built Bars and you actually look at the calorie contents and things like that, you're going to like what you see because almost all of them have 17 or more grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. But None of those things are important if they don't taste good. And that's what I love about Built Bar. They taste great. They're all 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And the other part is you can get a great variety. I mean, they have specialty flavors coming out all the time, limited time flavors and things like that, and nine flavors always to choose from, like peanut butter, brownie, and salted caramel. And you can get a box with every kind of Built Bar in it with the mixed variety box so you can keep spicing things up so you never get bored. And they all taste great anyway, so you're going to love all of them. But right now, we can save you guys some money with Built Bar if you go to BuiltBar.com. You can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word, for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, guys, back here with the Executive Senior Bowl Director, Jim Nagy, who gets to see all of the best NFL prospects every season, and the game just keeps getting bigger and bigger and this year you know five chargers draft picks were at the senior bowl so the chargers definitely you know hold the senior bowl in high regards but this season was a lot different jim i mean with covid and everything this was the first year i got to go and i loved it so i can't really imagine what it's like on a full you know regular year because the stadium was still had a crazy energy there i mean the mac jones chance we had going at one point just seeing Deontay Brown, who was like a walking house on the sideline. I mean, you can tell how big that dude was from there. But how different, how much more difficult was it this year dealing with social distancing, all of those things, and probably, you know, agents maybe a little reluctant to send their players to you, you know, to potentially get COVID or whatever. How much different was it this year than in years past? 
Yeah, I mean, it was there was a lot of challenges. Obviously, we didn't even know we were going to have the game until about the end of October, early November. I wasn't really comfortable with what we could pull off. Uh, took a lot of communication with guys at the college level and the NFL level, how they were do, handling their protocols. Um, and then once we got to a point where yes, we can do this safely, then it was kind of full speed ahead. But we everything was different this year. All our protocols, we tested. You know, anyone that came to Mobile, whether it be the NFL guys, the, the players, they tested before they came in. They submitted a negative test within 48 hours of arrival. We quarantined the players the first night at a separate hotel. They woke up the next morning, took another test. So we didn't even register the players till they had three um, negative tests. And uh, to get through the week with over 3,600 COVID tests and only one positive the entire week um, was awesome. But, but again, everything was different. We had, to, we had to completely redesign it. And we're going to keep a lot of things moving forward. You know, I've heard a lot of people refer to them as COVID silver linings, and there was definitely some of that. But you talked about the uh, the new venue and the new stadium and the, the electricity in that building. I mean, it was it was totally different than any other senior bowl I've been to, and I've been coming to the game since 1998. Um, and it's just the Jumbotron is like the 30th biggest in college football. And in that stadium, in a stadium with only 25,000 capacity, it's overwhelming. Um and it actually was pretty cool to be at a quarter capacity. Um, you saw a lot of players like Richie Grant from UCF climbed up in the stands to be with his family after the game. And KJ Britt, the linebacker from Auburn, his linebackers coach was, was in the end zone. So he climbed up to be with him. And, you know, Mac Jones went around the perimeter of the stadium and signed autographs. So there was a really cool vibe to game day this year. Uh, I can't wait till it's packed out 25,000 strong next year. Um, but yeah, it was a challenging year for sure. I mean, this, I mean, working through crisis management, I can say that uh, there was a, you know, it was a good experience. Personally, it was a good experience because I learned a lot. Um, but the main thing was just straight, staying fluid with it up until uh, game week. You know, you just had to stay in your toes, toes the whole time. I mean, that flexibility really showed in the product because that senior bowl went off without a hitch. And obviously, uh, you know, they owe you uh, a lot in that. But one pick that we were really excited about was Nebraska offensive lineman Brendan Hymas. One great thing about the Senior Bowl was that he was able to show NFL teams that he could play guard at the next level. Do you think that he could potentially turn into a starter for the Chargers based on what you saw? Yeah, I do. And, and again, I think Brendan's eventual home will be guard. Um, you know, he played mostly tackle at, at, at Nebraska, but that's the great thing about our game. You got guys like like Quinn Miners, who'd never snapped a ball in a competitive setting, or Robert Hainsey from Notre Dame, who'd never snapped a ball. And these guys are coming down and doing that. And again, anytime you can show that versatility, it really helps. So putting in the time he did at guard helped. Uh, Brendan's a, you know, he's a really tough guy. You know what you're getting. He's exactly what you want in an offensive lineman from a makeup perspective. Uh, and just from a physical tool standpoint, there's no reason he shouldn't be a starter. Um, had a really good week. And for where they got him in the draft, I thought it was great value. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the linemen were one of the highlights of that week. I mean, Dylan Radins put himself on the map. Quinn Miners put his stomach on the map and then ended up being <laughs> a really, you know, high draft pick. I had gotten a video from the senior bowl of the linemen doing the keg stand in the end zone. I mean, that had to be one of my favorite parts for sure. But the Chargers also have taken two running backs from the senior bowl in back to back draft classes. They had Josh Kelly last year. This year, they get Larry Roundtree the third. It is a crowded running back room for the Chargers, but what skill set do you think that Larry Roundtree is going to bring to the table for the Chargers? 
Yeah, well, let's be clear. They weren't actually doing keg stands. It was a it was a touchdown celebration. Uh, That's true. There was no actual beer, but they played Although, it off pretty well. I would really like to have like some sort of beer chug competition on Saturday night after the game is over and we're through the week with uh, bring in like a national a national beverage sponsor and do like an oh, yeah. old chug off. I think would be fun one year. For but, sure. But no, Larry Roundtree, again, it's another guy that was was really one of my favorite guys. I mean, we had him way higher on our board than where he ended up going. So I don't know, like things happen in the process, whether, you know, testing, physical testing at the at pro day or whatever, or if there's an injury thing that we don't know everything about, how that medical came out. Um, so again, guys fall sometimes and it's not tape based, you know, there's other factors, but I love Larry's tape. I mean, I really thought he was one of the best backs in this draft. He's got, to me, he's got the perfect running back body. He's kind of low center of gravity, really compact, sturdy, um, really quick. It has burst. He bounces off stuff. He's a hard running guy. He drops his pads on people. He can catch it. He's good in pass pro. So again, to me, he's a guy that plays for you. I know you got a crowded room. Joshua Kelly is that we're talking about Josh Palmer earlier. Like Joshua Kelly is, he's still one of my favorite. I mean, you can't be in the room with, with Joshua Kelly without loving that guy. Um, he was, we did a hype video this year for the game. And the very last guy that, that was in, it was Joshua Kelly. And he did his little laugh that he's got. And it was just, it was awesome. But, uh, but Larry's a, a hard running dude in the sec. And, uh, you know, he's, he's always been productive for them. And I think, I think he's going to have a really good NFL career. Like if Larry, I think Larry's going to end up starting at some point. I mean, that's the level of player I saw. I saw an NFL starter when I watched him, um, it's not kind of where that where he got drafted. You know, usually those guys go in the third or the fourth. Right. But uh, I think Larry's a heck of a player. Yeah, I mean, we're excited to see him. And I think we're, he's going to be really effective on the short yardage and the goal line situations. He excelled doing that in college. Uh, another uh, position, we knew the Chargers were going to target a safety at some point in this draft. And that ended up taking Mark Webb out of Georgia. You said on Twitter that you think that he could be a core special teamer, which the Chargers desperately need. They had one of the worst special team units in NFL history last year. What parts of his game do you think is going to make him a really good special teams player? Well, Chargers are going to get better just getting Drew Tranquil back, right? I mean, oh, that's yeah. a huge piece, our guy Drew. Um, yeah, Mark is a really interesting player because he's got a wide receiver background. He hadn't played on defense that long, and you know, big picture wise, he's long, he's athletic, he can move. He's played a lot of nickel. I think you can play him at free safety. Um, to me, there's just tremendous upside. His best football is way ahead of him. Um, he had a chance to go back. He, he decided to come out in this draft, and uh, I think you know, had he stayed, maybe he would have went earlier next year. But I thought that was a great pick for where they got him. You've got a big, long, athletic DB that's got position versatility. And again, he makes your team on special teams. He's uh, uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see where Mark is like two or three years from now. I, I could see him making a really big jump. Yeah, he's definitely a guy that they're taking on as a developmental guy that they hope can be something more than just a special teamers. But that's something you see. Hey, he's going to step on the field, you know, day one, week one, potentially, and, you know, give you contributions on special teams, which is something that's super important, especially at the end of the draft. But that is going to do it for us with Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl. You guys can follow him on Twitter at Jim Nagy underscore SB because the Senior Bowl is like a year-round thing now, right? I mean, that's the one thing we didn't talk about. There's still stuff coming out every week from the Senior Bowl. So, Jim, thank you once again for coming on the show, breaking down these five Chargers draft picks, and, of course, Justin Herbert, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, fellas. Have a great summer.
All right, guys, well, a special thank you to Jim Nagy. I mean, he came on here with us and absolutely crushed it for us. I know I'm feeling a lot better about some of those Chargers draft picks. I mean, combining Tom Telesco and what he said about Mark Webb, now you hear that about Mark Webb. Super exciting things to look forward to for the Chargers for sure. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. We will be back with you guys on Monday. But until then, make sure to follow the show wherever you get your podcast from, whether that's the new Odyssey app, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. That's the easiest way to get the daily format. And if you guys like the show, please rate and review for us so we can keep being the host of the Locked on Chargers podcast. We would really appreciate it. If you guys want to, you can follow me on Twitter at DanTalkSports. You can find David on Twitter at DroTalkSD. And you can also find the show on Twitter at LockedOnLAC, as well as at LockedOnChargers on Instagram and our LockedOnChargers Facebook group. If you guys want to get your voices on the show, you can call into the Locked On Chargers voicemail line. The number there is 323-524-7924, and we're trying to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But we'll be back with you guys, as always, next week. We'll continue to try to bring you some great guests for the show and get into the latest Chargers content. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.